Howdy. Before we begin today, we just like to say, keep sending those emails, keep posting to Facebook, and tell everyone you know about Come and Take It. If you'd like to support our show, please go to patreon.com slash Podcast, where you can help support this show every month. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Take that, lefties. <laughs> Howdy! You're listening to Come and Take It, a talk show about Texas by Texans, where three friends born and raised in the Lone Star State share our views on the history, culture, and just what it means to be Texan. I'm Mike Zolkowski. I'm Sean McIver. And I'm Scott Elfstrom. One of the most beloved and influential musicians to ever come from Texas was legendary blues guitarist Stevie Ray Vaughan. In the early 1980s, he skyrocketed to fame on the back of his first album, Texas Flood. Now this week, We're going to take a short turn and talk about this great album and the legacy of the man behind it. But first, what is your least favorite Chuck Norris film? Um, Well, clearly it's Sidekicks because that movie was just awful. There is no such thing as a bad Chuck Norris film. However, I will say that I was disappointed when I saw Firewalker. In spite of Louis Gossett Jr. In spite of many things in that film. (laughs) Um, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the Total Gym commercials. Hated it. Well, before we talk about the music, we need to set the stage with a little background on the man behind it. Stevie Ray Vaughan was born in Dallas, Texas in 1952. He grew up there along with his parents and his older brother, Jimmy. Jimmy was a guitarist, and he taught Stevie Ray how to play. Together, they performed in various local bands, including one with famous Texas actor Stephen Tobolsky. Uh, And this was before Jimmy went off to form another rock group, the Fabulous Thunderbirds, in the early 1970s. Stevie Ray spent the 70s in and out of blues and rock bands throughout Texas before he wound up with his own band, Double Trouble. His big breakthrough came in 1982 at the Montreux Jazz Festival. He electrified the audience and made fans out of many big stars, including Jackson Brown and David Bowie. People Magazine's James McBride wrote about the performance. Quote, He seemed to come out of nowhere a Zorro-type figure in a riverboat gambler's hat, roaring into the 82 Montreux Festival with a 59 Stratocaster at his hip and two flamethrowing sidekicks he called Double Trouble. He had no album, no record contract, no name, but he reduced the stage to a pile of smoking cinders, and afterward, everyone wanted to know who he was. David Bowie was impressed enough that he invited Vaughn to perform on his Let's Dance album, and Vaughn's distinctive guitar style is heard on the hit title track, as well as two other instant Bowie classics, China Girl and Modern Love. Bowie invited Vaughn to go on tour with him, but Stevie Ray backed out at the last minute, saying, I couldn't gear everything on something I didn't really care a whole lot about. It was kind of risky, but I didn't really need all the headaches. When Jackson Brown saw Double Trouble perform at the Montreux Festival, he was so impressed that he offered the band three free days at his studio in Los Angeles. That Thanksgiving, Vaughn and the band came to California and spent three days recording a demo that became Texas Flood. It was essentially a live setup with the band facing each other in an open studio. Because of the time it took to set up all of the production and equipment, most of the material for the demo was recorded on the second and third days. The demo proved so good that Epic Records signed them and paid for the recording to be remastered. Stevie Ray Vaughan re-recorded the vocals in Austin, while the album was finally completed and mastered in New York City. Texas Flood was released on June 13, 1983, and it was an almost instant hit. It peaked at number 20 on the Billboard Rock Charts and was nominated for two Grammys. 
The album went double platinum. It sold over half a million units, and it even spawned a music video that went into regular rotation on MTV. Double Trouble began a tour in support of the album at Club Tango in Dallas, and they toured all over the U.S. as well as Europe and the U.K., including a sold-out performance at the Palace in Hollywood. Stevie Ray Vaughan had arrived. Yeah, so Stevie Ray Vaughan. I mean, what more? I mean, all right, well, let me just turn off the recorder and we'll all go home. I mean, the, the the thing is this, is that, like, even he came out of nowhere, like... You know, and yeah. and he became iconic almost instantly. Yeah, if he didn't live in Austin or Dallas, basically, or like were a hardcore blues fan, you didn't know who this guy was because he didn't record anything before. Well, he's also he's one of those anomalies because you know there was I was turned on to him because you know if you look at our sort of demographic in our age range, you know we were. I really came to to see him when I was in high school a little bit after Texas Flood had been around. It was that that early night, like right before he died, like in yeah. the late 80s, early 90s. But today we just wanted to talk about, focus a little more on the album, yeah. uh, that first original album, and and we'll talk about the man a little bit and in, on the periphery of it. But first, before I do say that, there were a lot of guys in early high school, I remember when I was like around a freshman, sophomore year, that wore that hat. Yeah. That iconic. Yeah. That flat top. The flat top riverboat gambler's hat with yeah, like brim. weird buckles on it, like the silver and, and And I knew people, well, I didn't really, I knew people actually that went as far as like, not only the hat, Wearing the but poncho. the poncho, <laughs> everything. So. Talk about the iconic sound of this album. And, you know, I'm not, I grew up listening to the oldie station. So I, Knew a lot of rock and roll. That was kind of the, my music when I was a kid. Kind of learned more about the blues as I got older. But when I hear the songs on Texas Flood, Pride and Joy, you know, all of that stuff, Mary Had a Little Lamb, Stevie Ray's version of it, it it's, sounds like Texas to me. I mean, I know it's blues, and it's that's that is what blues sounds like, but something about these particular recordings, it just sounds like Texas to me. Well, there, there's... Two things strike me about the recording of Texas Floods. One is is that it is very minimal. I mean, it is very much just a live sound of he's set up with his there's guitar, there's bass, there's drums, and that's it. Mm-hmm. There's no rhythm guitar, there's no overdubs, there's, there's no, no pianos, no keyboards, nothing. There's nothing there. Uh it, it's just you're just hearing this really tight trio and they're just playing and, and there's there's something very wonderful about how they all play off each other and the feeling there. The other thing that I think really came across to me is I can recall a time early on when somebody's like, hey, we're going to this bar. We're going to go see a blues band. And I was after about four minutes, you're like, <laughs> because everything came out the same, the same cadence, the same rhythm, the same keys, the same. Yeah. I mean, there's like, a repetitiveness. There's a there's a laziness that almost comes. Right. From I mean, it, it's kind of like when we talked in the. Uh, the Scott Joplin episode about ragtime and how ragtime had a very specific structure. Um, blues also has a very particular structure, but what's beautiful about the blues is it's got that bass structure and then you, you're meant to play off of that and, and riff off of that. And, and, and it's, it's really easy. I think for a lot of musicians to just fall into the structure of the blues and not really stretch outside of that box. Yeah. And well, love struck baby doesn't yeah. sound love struck no. baby doesn't sound like Texas yeah, it's, flood. It's, it's got a, even though it doesn't have a piano and upright bass, it's got a kind of a jump blues type rocking sound to it. And it's really rocking and rolling and rollicking pride and joy has, is a bit more of a slower song, but it's still got a good up tempo pace. And Texas flood is a traditional hardcore 
blues song. But it is. But I think, and that's what I think is like there's ten. It's like a it's like a sampler. It's like the the C's candy sampler set of there's ten individual sort of tastes of each song, and they're all unique and individual and different. Um, but of of probably one of my favorite songs on here is very much the least bluesy one of them. Of, is I really I've always liked Lenny. Mm-hmm. Which is a song that yeah. he he wrote for his wife at the time, but uh, I remember I would tape on a VCR because that's what we had in 1990. <laughs> no, I remember I would I would uh, tape lots of Austin City Limits. There was lots of MTV at the time used to play this thing where they would actually have musicians <laughs> playing MTV? not just really? not just videos. They actually have them live in studio. So I would I was obsessed with music. So I would I would boxes of videotapes of these different musical performances but the but when stevie ray vaughn did uh lenny live on austin city limits one time and i had and i just remember sitting there and watching him play this because it's not fast it's not particularly technical in terms of you know he's not blistering up the fretboard but it's it's a very emotional performance song the way he he it wasn't just enough to to hear him play it when you actually watch the way he held his guitar the way he went through and did it. And by the way, let's talk about his guitar a little bit here. He's a lefty. <laughs> yeah. And he's like Jimi Hendrix. Like and very much like Hendrix. And and he played right handed strats strung reverse. Mm-hmm. Uh which has some technical issues about when you reverse string a guitar you have to do some custom you know, it, the strings don't fit in the grooves exactly right and you know it's Paul McCartney syndrome, mm-hmm. but uh, but but and, and Hendrix did it. Paul McCartney did it. Lots of famous lefties have done it, and it just it's one more kind of thing about makes this guy stick out in my in my mind. Of you know, it's just it's just another cool feature. Well, the treble bars on the top, right? Because yeah. he's playing well, it upside down. It's another it's another you know musical prodigy overcoming his disability. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Take that, lefties. <laughs> um, what was interesting to me about this album is that he didn't write all the songs on it. Uh, he wrote Love Struck, he wrote Pride and Joy, he wrote Lenny, I'm Crying, but he's got a Howlin' Wolf song, uh, he's got a Buddy Guy song on here, uh, he's got um, he's got a song by the Isley Brothers, Testify is by the Isley Brothers, which is a famous rhythm and blues act from the, from right. the 60s. So he's he's got the roots of Texas, I mean, I'm sorry, he's got the roots of blues music, but he's got his own flair and his own distinctive style and his own voice. He didn't start out as a singer either. Double Trouble had another singer, a lady singer, and she she ended up leaving the band amicably. He kind of got forced into singing. Yeah, there's another old Austin City Limits where um, some of the guys from the, so it was when the Brother to Brother album came out. Oh, with with his brother Jimmy. Yeah. When Jimmy was there, but also the Thunderbirds were there mm-hmm. in Double Trouble. It was like a big cavalcade of... And then they had a bunch of classic R&B and blues people from the Austin scene were all there doing this together. But I think what you see in, in a performer like Stevie Ray Vaughan, and when you say, I hear Texas, and I hear this... You're talking about someone who was, really was a prodigy. All the stories that I'd read about him leading up to, to doing this is that Everyone who knew knew Steve Ray Vaughan, they knew that kid had talent. He was beyond his peers in that term. But when you live in a milieu like that, when you sort of say, I am a blues man, he becomes like a like a filter or a prism. He's a you know, or a lens. He's able to focus so much of that 
history, feeling, and emotion across the spectrum of that and deliver you not just a monotone burnt of just blues. It there's there's snap to everything. And if you listen, there's tons of soloing in, in the album. But each one, even the tone of his guitar is different. He's doing something different slightly with his amps and his tone and his style of playing between things. So solos don't sound the same between you know, one and two and three and four and five. He, he's doing a lot, and he's all over the map. Yeah, well, I mean, he, he transcends the technical aspects. I mean, technically, he's a very good player, but he transcends that and brings a real voice and emotion to his yeah. playing. And very it's much like we, passion. It's like we talk about, you know, you talk about, you know, watching him play live footage, and it's like that's one of the things I remember seeing footage of him is, you know, he's playing these amazing things, and when you watch his hands, it looks effortless. You know, he's just, fingers yeah. are dancing. Yeah. And then you look at him, and he's just, like, dripping sweat. Right. You know, it's like you can tell that he's like, you know, he's pouring himself into his music. Well, look, you even talk about technical stuff. Like, there, uh, the, another man of the time who had tech, like amazing technical chops, you know, Ingve Malmsteen. But that guy, did not, <laughs> there's no, he's like, here's a robot that plays guitar. <laughs> yeah. I, I have, uh, I didn't have cable growing up. We had just the antenna. And so the first time I'd ever seen Stevie Ray Vaughan was. Uh, through Austin City Limits on the PBS channel. Uh, and I think that was the 1989 performance. And so he died not long after that. I remember listening to, we could pick up, where I live, we could pick up the Houston Rock Station, KLOL. And I remember the breaking news that they came in, they stopped the song that was playing, came in and said, Stevie Ray Vaughan has been killed in a helicopter accident, uh, leaving an Eric Clapton concert. So like, and then from that, that, that whole afternoon, they just played Stevie Ray Vaughan, like, nonstop and so it was sad because when you when you when you start when you watch the news and you i didn't know much about him other than i'd seen him on tv on austin city limits he was from texas he had the hat he was a guitar player then when you find out that you know not to get too deep in the biography stuff but he had a horrible uh alcohol and drug problem and he beat it he 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 won he beat beat the problem and then had cleaned up his life and released some critically acclaimed albums Got his career back on track, and then he died. Well, the thing that um, we talked about last week when we talked about the tragedy of Buddy Holly, and there's sort of this idea of a very bright light in a very short amount of time, and the question mark around what would have happened. And we've asked this even in historical context of what would have happened if uh, Jim Bowie had survived the Alamo, you know, yeah. or, or that kind of thing. What I find really interesting with Steve Ray Vaughan was that you know, he he mended bridges, he was taking things in a new direction, and there's an eerie parallel to like the like that mentor, that idea of Hendrix, because Hendrix had sort of a similar thing of he according to re interviews and writings and things, he had a new musical vision, a new direction he was taking things in. And I think that Vaughn was tapping into that kind mm-hmm. of energy. And then it's just, it's so tragic because it's not just tragic for the loss you suffer. It's also tragic for the things you will never hear. Mm-hmm. Well, and his last hit it was is was from his last album. It was called Life by the Drop. And it was very much a very mature songwriting effort on his part of encapsulating the struggle he had with alcohol. Uh, and it's a beautiful song. It's, it's my favorite C. Ravon song. It's not on this album, but it's it's on a later album. It's a beautiful song. And it just shows, if you listen to Texas Flood, and listen from just a songwriting perspective, and then you listen to his last works, you see a clear growth 
Whereas songwriting and his singing, his lyrical abilities caught up with his technical abilities and his and his guitar, his instrumental abilities. Well, I'm going to say that for for a first album, yeah, it's fantastic. for a first album, it's fantastic. And there are albums that are timeless and and just work. You're like, well, this first album by this band was great. Like, and the first notes of Pride and Joy instantaneously you know exactly yeah. who you were listening to it is iconic in in those this that song it's like that is stevie ravon like when i think of stevie ravon i think of those first notes of pride and joy and the, the lead up into that song yep so if you're interested in finding texas flood of course it's still out there in terms of cd it's on spotify it's on amazon prime it's on a lot of the streaming service services it's also available on itunes but uh I highly rec- we all highly recommend that you give it a listen and enjoy some great Texas music. Yeah. That wraps things up for today. You can find notes and links from today's show at brainstable.com. We'd love to hear from you, so like and share us on Facebook. Follow the show on Twitter at Texas Podcast, or go to brainstable.com and leave some feedback. You can find our show and many other great history podcasts at historypodcasters.com. Why not follow us individually, too? I'm on Twitter at Mr. Java. I'm Max Sean with two N's. And I'm Scotticus. So you love our show? Tell your friends. Tell everyone. Tell every person you meet. And leave a review on iTunes. That helps us to find new listeners, just like you. And if you truly love the show, go to patreon.com slash texaspodcast to become a member of the Come and Take It Rangers and support us every month. We hope you'll join us next time. And remember that even if you aren't from Texas, Texas Texas wants you anyway. anyway.